0: Before we get to today's show, I want to give a quick shout-out to our presenting sponsor, SeatGeek. SeatGeek is a ticket search engine that makes finding tickets to live entertainment is Okay, I can't even... No. Our presenting sponsors, listeners like you. Please leave us a review. Follow us on SoundCloud or Stitcher. Please recommend us to a friend who loves music that would help to grow our podcast we're on episode 30 now uh we're starting to get a bit of a following but please just recommend us to a friend who also loves music who would like our stupid sense of humor let's go Mm. With a heavy heart, we kick off episode 30 of the the Listen In Podcast. That's why we just had that great intro song by Green Day, Time of Your Life, Good Riddance, parentheses, Time of Your Life. It's actually our first ever deviation from our regular intro music, Jake. We've been hesitant to do that before because we weren't sure of the legal ramifications of using a recorded Song, we still, uh, but if we're being audience, Good Riddance is basically public domain. It's,
2: I think, Good Riddance is in the public domain. Um, the rule is, I think a song has to have been out for a century to go into the public Mm -hmm, domain, mm -hmm. but I think Good Riddance, it was in the Seinfeld finale. It's
0: either been out for a century or be used in every YouTube video yeah. for something ending, like a graduation, or if it's been used that many times, right. you're, you're free to use it.
2: So we do episode 30 with Heavy Hearts, one, because... This is the last episode we'll ever probably do in Sean's basement because we're moving to the new house where you'll hear episode thirty-one from. The second reason is that we're probably going to be brought down by Green Day's team of high-paid lawyers. That's right. Um,
0: B- Billy Joe, Trey Cool, Mike Dirt—they're coming for our ass.
2: They're gonna come for us. They're gonna—and I'm gonna probably have to liquidate some assets. Um, and I, you know, who knows if what we just did was legal? So you know, we might be on the lam for a while. If you don't hear of us—and by us. He means just him
0: because I'm throwing him under the bus.
2: Right. So if you don't hear of me, that means that I have a new name and I'm in another, I'm in a, uh, like a South American country with bleach blonde hair <laughs> because Green Day came at me. Not because I bleached my hair like like Billy Joe did, <laughs> Circle Warning. <laughs> circle
0: Warning. Yeah, that's right.
2: But because I am now like Jose Velasquez in Chile. I have a different name
0: and a different persona because I'm on the lam legally. Speaking of Chile, uh, they just won Copa America. Good for them. So congrats to them. Big friends of the pod. How'd the lads do? I'm sorry. I didn't expect a big friends of the pod there. <laughs> Alexis
2: Sanchez, big friend of the pod. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, he he writes in all the time. He does. Uh, God bless him. We've never responded. The lads, though. The English isn't great.
0: No, the lads, though, the U.S. lads, they, they finish fourth overall in the Copa. Huh,
2: not a bad finish. So Not an American finish, if no. you're me. You know who would not be pleased is Shock Jock Jock. <laughs>
0: no, he would not.
2: He can't come on today.
0: Thank God. He's, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. He's been r- just raking us over the coals on Twitter.
2: Yeah, so that's the other thing is that Shark Jacques, Jacques Jacques entered the Twitter world which has been the bane of our existence over the past yep. week. I don't know if anyone who follows us has probably seen him bothering us uh, and just belligerently coming at us about <clears throat> our music takes, pretty much everything we tweet. We are like this close to blocking him, but but I don't know if. But it's do the that. little
0: emojis he puts on at the end of everything. The guitars in. What's the deal with that? I don't know. What does don't, he think
2: that that is? Conveying? I don't think he
0: fully knows how the internet works, really.
2: <laughs> I think that's an understatement. But, if- but but here's the thing: is like we're contractually obligated by our partnership with his his mothership station um, WXXL. That's right. To to give him a, a plug here, so if you want to follow him, we I I personally can't vouch for his Twitter. Because I, I follow it, and it's it's just a terrible, terrible follow. But if you want to follow it, it's at Jacques Jacques, XXL. Jacques spelled, like, the French way. Yep. Uh, yeah, so yeah, give that a follow. Yeah, follow Jacques Jacques Jacques. It, I mean, it's, I'll, I'll give him <coughs> this. It's a wild ride. Yeah, it is. Because
0: you you really have no idea what he's going to say. Yep. But, yeah, we are doing our final episode from the basement. That's right. Um, so, you know, we've been at this for 30 episodes now jake that's 30 weeks we haven't missed a beat here we've been doing this since december it went by really really fast i gotta be honest like even though the show is not ending and we're continuing to to do episodes it's the end of an era in the basement which it is, is a little sad
2: it's the end of a six month or so era um and it is a little sad because um you know there's a lot of memories tied in with yeah. this place and a lot of musical memories who knows if the new house will will uh be up to snuff for I that? i know
0: we're gonna have to really try hard we to can only hope it
2: and I only hope that it is haunted by ghosts who
0: played music. I hope it's not. You Just because I don't want to like deal with ghosts. Ghosts actually aren't real either, so we don't hmm. have anything to worry hmm. about. Interesting take, because
2: I think that the house is probably haunted by musical ghosts, and that no, it'll make the show a lot better. Literally nothing to back that up. Okay. So. All right. Well, I mean, I guess for now we'll agree to disagree. Okay, we'll we'll agree that ghosts aren't real. How about that? That's, in all seriousness, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting recording in a new place, and it, it snuck up on me recently, like, how much this has become routine, like, um, you know, every week now, it just is accepted that, that we're going to come down here every week uh, and, and record this podcast, it's been a great time, and and I guess... Part of the reason we keep doing it is because we get some feedback from friends and from from followers, and and we get the interaction there on yeah. Twitter and stuff. So big shout out to all the friends of the pod yeah. who've who've uh, who've made it possible.
0: Yeah, seriously, it means a lot. And yeah, you mentioned that it's become routine. The routine has been Tuesday nights for the show to be posted on right. Wednesday. This is an important note. This we're actually going to switch it up. We're going to start recording on Thursday nights. You have a fresh new podcast ready to go on Friday morning or your weekend. Um, So yeah, that's programming note for you.
2: Yeah, we figure that Thursday is a more loose time Mm -hmm. to be doing a podcast. Tuesday is the middle of a work week. Um, Tensions are usually high. Usually Sean and I have to argue for 45 minutes before we start the episode. That's not true. But I actually do think Thursday is going to be a great move because I know I'm
0: more in the mood to like... Chat about yeah. music in a light, funny. I think way. we'll start to do some more fun things, push the boundaries of what the podcast can be. Yeah. Um, do some more creative things. So yeah, well, we're going to be, be
2: around the same place more often. I won't have right. to come here. Right. Be, so we'll be able to. We'll be in the same house, so we can maybe do some some creative new stuff, including some
0: some maybe preem team stuff. Exactly. Yeah, we've been meaning to do that, and we're definitely going to get around to some preem team. Uh, we're gonna look into stickers, get some merchandise for people going, yeah. um, and then some premium content as we've, well. We've been lazy on that front, yeah.
2: and for that, we fully take uh, responsibility. Yep.
0: Uh, but as for today's episode, we got a great show. We have a few mailbag questions from. Big friend of the pod, Ryan, that we're going to get to. Big friend of the pod. And then Jake and I are going to discuss our experience at a couple concerts that we went to this past weekend. Yes. Uh, so, so why don't I read? Yeah, yeah. Let's kick it off with some of these questions.
2: So first of all, this is from um, big friend of the pod. Uh, we know him only as Ryan. Give him a follow on Twitter. He's a good follow. He knows a lot about music. Um, it's uh, at Ryan M. Hansen, H-A-N-S-E-N, 79. Uh, Good follow if you want someone who's interested in in similar music to what we talk about on the podcast. He writes... Sean, can we pretend to open an envelope?
0: Oh, yeah, we did this last time. Do you have paper? Uh, Here. All
2: right. Ryan writes... I have a question for you guys. A mailbag question for you guys. I already messed it up. Mm. What critical darlings can you just not get into? You've touched on this a bit with the pavement argument. For me, it would be M83, LCD sound system, I think The Hold Steady, and TV on the radio. Never got the love. Conversely, what bands have critics hated that maybe you secretly or not so secretly like? Finally, what against-the-grain opinions do you have on classic bands' discographies? Example, I Like In Utero over Nevermind and Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain over Slanted and Enchanted. And Alligator is by far my favorite national album. Uh, so that, those are Ryan's three questions. Good questions. These are so some great...
0: We, we had to spend some time thinking about We did, these. yeah. These are great questions. So let's let's dive in with the, uh, the first one So there. to address the first one, critical darlings that we can't get into. So he we differ here. He mentioned Pavement. We've talked before. I think this was four or five episodes ago. Jake and I had a big Pavement discussion slash argument we've
2: gone through the ringer on pavement yeah
0: so we won't touch pavement again just know that i'm not a big fan of pavement i they're fine i just can't really get into them yeah um jake who's who's one for you um so one for me has always been that band uh death heaven oh yeah um
2: death heaven is a i guess a black metal band Mm -hmm. they get Uh, critical just ball washing they are Mm -hmm. so loved by critics and um, their album Sunbather from I think 2013 yeah yeah I listened a few times and it's one of those things where I can see why people like it and there are moments I enjoy but it's almost an hour long and it's it's just not for me I it's a lot of screaming yeah uh, and it's just it's just not my aesthetic
0: I, yeah, so I have listened to that too. I'm with you on that one. It's a lot of screaming, and it's fun. Like we like screaming or yelling in songs in the right context. Right. When it's just constant, it becomes too much for me. I can't I can't deal with it.
2: What is the deal? There are certain metal bands that that critics latch onto really hard. Yeah. It seems. I don't know. They're not in the same vein at all. But what's that band that released that album called Purple last year? They get critically oh loved. Baroness. Baroness. Yeah. I like Baroness, but but they um. They're another one where it's sometimes yeah. when I see these metal bands getting these crazy critical reviews, I always shudder a little bit because I'm like, I, it's clearly something I'm not getting. It's, it's definitely that with Sunbather by Def Heaven. I haven't listened to anything else by them, but
0: they're a band. Yeah. Who's another for you? So for me, Sonic Youth is one I really I can't get into. I don't know why. I've tried really hard with Daydream Nation. I love the song Teenage Riot. Yeah, The rest of the album really bores me. I can't really can't really do it
2: i would have to say that i'm gonna put myself in that same kit because i bought that cd yeah years ago i've listened maybe twice yeah. and i really have never revisited it and and the, the sad thing is i don't really remember much of it yeah i don't know that album is so critically
0: acclaimed it's, i really don't get it it's I near the top of so many album lists i don't i don't understand it another one for me a, a couple more from the 80s actually at prince and that was really hammered home for me when he died recently. We talked about this, yeah. where I had that selfish reaction where I was like, oh, I now I'm going to need to talk about Prince on the podcast, right. I don't really listen to him, or I never got into his music, and it's, that is held true. I did go back and listen to Purple Rain, and I I liked it okay, but I don't like him enough to go check out, like, 1999 and...
2: Because 1999 is a long album. Yeah. I went back and listened to Purple Rain, too, and I think I liked it more than you. That's why I'm yeah. not including
0: Prince on mine yeah. yet, because it would feel, pre- feel uh, yeah, premature. Yeah, I'm not a big Prince guy. And then Beastie Boys. They're another one for me. I've tried really hard. Uh, I guess Paul's Boutique is good, but I've only listened once, and I haven't really wanted to go back. See, I, I had a little Paul's Boutique phase yeah. a few months ago.
2: I really liked that record. Um, I don't know if overall I love the Beastie boys necessarily. Yeah. I can, their shtick is a little tiring. Yeah, yeah. I can see where their influence was important. Another one for me that, that kind of falls into a similar vein in that it's rap is a uh, notorious B.I.G. I have no problem with Biggie. I like his flow and a lot of his songs. Um, but I've given ready to die his sort of acclaimed beyond acclaimed album. I'd say at this point, a decent number of listens. I bought it in high school. Um, and it was just one of those things where, like, I don't know if I just don't like that really that sort of old school '90s rap sound. Yeah. I I just could not do it. So I I never love want to revisit that. It. Yeah, and I just
0: am never interested in
2: revisiting um, it. Yeah.
0: See, I, I've been hesitant to ever listen to Tupac or Biggie, just because I I kind of know deep down I'm not going to like it as much as I should, or or people say I should. And that goes back to that discussion we always have about should.
2: I think that's what it is with 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 Biggie is that when I go to listen, I'm like, okay, this is this is Notorious B.I.G., you have to love this. And it just, like, I don't know, I think it just sonically, something about his, yeah. the, the mix, the way it's produced,
0: I can never get all the way down with it. That's interesting because I guess in a similar vein, I have tried to get into The Blueprint by Jay-Z. Yeah. This, is, this is, like, his most critically acclaimed album. That in Reasonable Doubt, I guess, which just had its 20th anniversary. Uh, but I tried to get into Blueprint, on the way to California on a flight once, I couldn't I couldn't do it. I, I listened through once, and I never wanted to go back again.
2: It's interesting. Jay-Z and Beyonce both, with the exception of Lemonade, are both artists where I've really never given their catalog much of a chance, but also known deep down, like you said, that I just won't like it that much yeah. when, if and when
0: I do. Although maybe Lemonade proved me wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think you're more likely to, to get into Beyonce. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Like you'd think we'd like Jay Z. We really like Kanye. I'm I'm not ruling out the possibility that the Illuminati,
2: which is run by Jay Z <laughs> and Beyonce, I just want to throw it out there, that they have uh, in some way implanted our brains to not be able to
0: like. Hey, maybe we figured it out. Maybe we. I
2: think that's what it is. Is that actually they've implanted everyone else's brains? But they us.
0: missed a couple here. That's Right. The smart they, ones,
2: they the right. They missed a couple free thinkers. And You know what? We're their biggest threat, Sean. <laughs> you better watch out for the. We should. We'll podcast. cut this part of the
0: episode out. We'll, we'll cut that. Uh, one more for you, Daft Punk. I don't. I don't fully really get Daft Punk. So I liked a lot of the songs on that recent yeah, album. It was okay. It wasn't like album of the year shit, like everybody was saying though. It is was it? like a few of the songs were really good. I really liked the Panda Bear song, the Julian Casablancas song. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other ones, though, I was just like, this is only okay.
2: Here's a big one for me, and I can't say it's the band in general, because I do like a lot of their stuff. It's U2. It's specifically the Joshua Tree, though. Mm. This So, okay, the Joshua Tree, is it's a good album. I, I like it. It's not, to me, as great as so many people say. For me, this is an example of an album that doesn't hold up over time. I think this is an album that blew people away in the, whatever, late 80s, 87, yeah, whenever it came out. Yeah. Um, and I, I totally respect what The Edge did for guitar and all the, the sort of the droney pedal effect stuff. And there's a lot of undeniable songs on here. But for me, the, the back half of this album always drags every time I've tried that's, listening. See,
0: that's the thing about Joshua Tree is it's,
2: it's so front-loaded, front-loaded yeah. with
0: the, the huge, huge songs. Still haven't found what I'm looking for. What Where the streets have no name. Yep. And... Uh, and, and... um with or without you yeah it's front loaded with those and then you're right it drags if they had spread those out a little bit I think it automatically makes that a better album
2: more enjoyable album Bullet the Blue Skies on that too that's a good song It's just it seriously is that second half I'm never that interested in and I I guess I don't know if that is a fair criticism or if it's just a product of those three four songs that start the album off are such a part of cliche rock radio canon and I like those songs but I can't hear them in the context of an album uh, very easily. Mm -hmm. It's just difficult. For some reason, even more than other albums, I think it is the fact that they're back to back to back to back. Um, I did really get into or really enjoyed the Unforgettable Fire by U2, though, when I did my little U2 deep dive a few months ago. Unforgettable Fire is a a really cool album. So what about bands or
0: artists that critics hate or are critically panned, but we secretly or not so secretly like? Right, and so when we say critics hate,
2: we're not talking about every critic, obviously. Right, it's right. Too, that's difficult to say. Um, I think a great example for both of us, though, Sean, is Green Day. We yeah. come back to them all the time. I think yeah. we've talked about it on the podcast. I love the album American Idiot. I'll defend it to anybody, because I think one of the most unfair criticisms of that album, f- at least for people like that I grew up with, like I always felt like other Green Day fans would say, like, oh, that's where they sold out, man. And it's like, dude, Dookie... And and those and Good Riddance, which we played at the top of the show, were still, you know, heavy hearts, hearts are heavy, heavy hearts. Um, they were huge hits. Good Riddance was on the Seinfeld finale. Yeah, Dookie was a, a huge seller and had Dookie went platinum. When I Come Around was on it. Uh, whatever else I that, there's a bunch of hit songs on there. To me, American Idiot isn't this sellout album. Now, if you want to say the political commentary is a little bit trite <laughs> and uh, and not fully fleshed out, that's completely fair. Um, but I pretty much like every song on
0: here to a song. I am with you on that. I'll take it a step further, Jake. I'll say I even like Twenty First or I did like Twenty First Century a lot when it first came out. So now I... it had a four out of five review on Rolling Stone. No, Sean, no it didn't. It got a four and a half. Ooh, out of five. a four and a half. They loved it. Pitchfork did not. Not many other people did. Mm,
2: probably rightfully
0: so. It's because it's actually not that good if you really go back and listen. It's basically if you hate American Idiot. They double down on all the shit they're doing there. They double down on every single thing you hated about it. Like the lyrics, like Billy Joe's lyrics that that sound political but actually don't really mean anything. There's a lot of that on 21st Century Breakdown. There is.
2: And if you like concept albums and story albums that don't have a story you can really follow... Because I don't know what the story is for either album. No. I couldn't tell
0: you. No, something about St. Jimmy in American Idiot, though. Yeah.
2: I get why Green Day rubs people the wrong way. I really, really do. Because they go up there and do the punk thing when they're clearly more of a pop act. Yeah. I get it. Um, I, but with American Idiot, I'll, I'll
0: defend that album. I, I like will pretty too. much every song. I will, even too. Even though they were hits. Uh, a couple for me that critics don't like, but I do, is one for me is The Killers. So Hot Fuzz came out. Hot Fuzz had pretty good reviews. Everything after that has been diminishing returns mm-hmm. for the Killers to the point where, when they come out with stuff now, it's like you're looking at like in the most in the '60s on Metacritic. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like pretty much every Killer's release actually, um, and then another one for me, and this this goes back. So all of these have the the pattern of being bands I listened to when I was in high school, so they've kind of just carried over. Dropkick Murphys. <laughs> Like, yeah. you, you can shit on them all you want. They have a few songs and even albums in there that are pretty good, like, punk-ish with a Boston-Irish tinge to it. And tinge you know is an interesting Being word. Being from the Northeast, Jake, I can, you know, sometimes I get swept up in that.
2: That's, that's very interesting to me because I, too, am from the Northeast and it annoys the shit out of me. <laughs> Their whole shtick. It's just the whole Boston thing, man. I mean... Yeah. If you, I think so many people can probably relate to this, but when you marketing in New England is about how you're tougher than everyone else and how it's cold here, so you're you're tough, you're New England tough. That's not the truth. People in New England are pussies, just like everywhere else. When it snows, everyone bitches. It, like New England, kind of sucks. But you know, I, basically, I love, basically, I love New England. Here's the thing, I got a little off the rails. We're talking about the Dropkick Murphys, yeah. not the region I know and love. The Dropkick Murphys. To me, their whole Irish Boston shtick is just too much. It's just too much. They, I'm not gonna say that, like Tessie or whatever that song's called, or or shipping up to Boston or off to Boston. State of
0: Massachusetts.
2: I don't know if I Good know that song. One they're they're catchy songs and you would be lying if that that pirate riff (laughs) if you didn't think it were catchy because it is it does sound like something that should be in pirates of the caribbean 2 like a less good theme for pirates than the first one like somehow the composed the guy who composed the theme for pirates dropped out they couldn't use his theme like all right well let's use like the next the next shittiest theme that would be it. It's like a pirate theme. It's catchy. Okay.
0: All right, you got it. Dude, you, you're telling me when "Shipping Up to Boston" comes on during The Departed, and people are, are are talking in Boston accents the whole movie. You're not just like, all right, like this is. I I know this city. I go here all the time. You're not like this is cool. I'm not like this is cool. I'm. I okay. You get you get caught up in it a little bit. They're driving over the Zakim Bridge and fucking shipping up to Boston's plane. If
2: I had moved away for an extended period of time. And, and really forgot what it was like to be home, then
0: maybe I w- could use that to remind me. But the thing is... Do you mean, and by you forgot what it's like to be home, you mean people using Dunkin' Donuts as a piece of their personality? Is that what you mean? Absolutely. Okay.
2: Because I'm, at this point... New England runs on Dunkin'.
0: Yeah. Fucking Dunkin'.
2: Dunkin' kid. The thing is, is in New England... This is people don't know. This, this is a little known fact. Every third commercial has a Dropkick Murphy song in it. Every third commercial, it's like Sports Authority. It's like someone trying on cleats.
0: It's it's just tiresome. I know that's the thing. It's, it's, just t- it's an oversaturated song, but that doesn't mean it's a bad song. It no, doesn't mean I, they're a bad band. I don't think they're a like a what are, what are they a great band a good band they're, no they're they're like a good enough band they've they're a workable out, band. they've carved out a decent career for themselves and they actually have one album that I like all the way through mostly because I got into it at a point in high school when I was very impressionable and it's just carried over that's that's that, what it's all about listen that's fair and enough. I think I think that's why people like Dropkick Murphys to begin with anyways, is because they're so ingrained in this region and the sports success that has happened over the years. I think people just have good, positive memories yeah. associated yeah. with them. So like, oh, well, Dropkick Murphys are playing at, at Fenway before this this game in June that doesn't mean anything. Like, I'm going to... Yeah, sure, I can get down with that. Well, then I'm, I'll root for traffic.
2: But here's the thing. <laughs> no, I'm I'm being over the top. I don't hate them like I'm saying. I Okay, those songs are good, right, and they do... If I if I were at a Sox game, like I think I went to that game where it was the playoffs, and David Ortiz had a grand slam to tie the game. When I heard Dropkick Murphys at the end of the of the, the game, of course I was a little bit like, okay, mm-hmm. like come on, it's like dirty water. Right. Like I'm not gonna go listen to dirty water. Right. Okay. You know and hear that stupid that <laughs> yeah. like dumb riff. I, I I've heard it a billion times. Right. You know it's just so ingrained in the club. We got to move on from. Yeah, we words. do.
0: Yeah, we do. I'll you, give one. Yeah.
2: Okay, for me a big one is Aerosmith. Okay, another Boston band. Hey, but not all their songs are like about Boston in every way. Um, but they're from there. Uh, so, Aerosmith's a band that they have a couple acclaimed albums from the '70s. Rocks, Toys in the Attic are the two that people talk about. I like Aerosmith a little too much. I like their first <clears throat> album. I like their second album. I like Draw the Line, which is their fifth record, which get just a critical. So much Is that when they were crashing. just
0: completely smacked out?
2: That's when they were true drug addicts. Okay. They were like actual junkies making rock music. Okay, But I think it actually shows up in some interesting ways in the music. <laughs> the riffs they're doing are a little Jake messy. will defend
0: like heroin-induced Steven Tyler and I, Joe Perry. I
2: will defend Joe Perry and Steven Tyler, the toxic twins. I'll defend <laughs> uh-huh. them over the, the shitty Dropkick Murphys any day. Okay. I even like... Now, here's how deep it goes for me, Sean. I even like some 80s Aerosmith.
0: Yeah, that's... Now, getting, here's... That's here's, going a little far. Well,
2: no, here's my question for you. Which album's better, Sean? Okay. Permanent Vacation or Pump?
0: For um, you. For you. I, I- <laughs> I'm only going to say Pump because I know for a fact that's an Aerosmith album. And Permanent Vacation, you might just be trolling me with that name.
2: Both are real albums. And I'll tell okay. you, the Pump is, I think, better. Okay. Pump has, there was like a late career
0: resurgence. I think that came I out have, in 89. I have no context for either one Janie's of these. Janie's Got a Gun was on that. Oh, loving an elevator. Ooh, was on that, that, that. loving an elevator is a good song. The other side was on that. Do you okay. know that song? No, I don't some think so.
2: good, some real rockers on that. Okay, there. dude looks like a lady though. Is on permanent vacation. I don't like that song. Rag doll
0: is on that. I don't know that song. Angel? No. <laughs> no. Simaria? <laughs> no. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, okay, this last one's really interesting. Against the grain discography. So basically, are there any albums in an artist discography? that you like more than what the consensus favorite is.
2: We can get to this in one sec. I just want to give a quick shout to two more from the previous. Oh, sure. Because I didn't say them. I love the Backstreet Boys. Okay. And I like Stone Temple Pilots. They get shit on. I've never listened to
0: a full album by the Stone Temple Pilots. Did you only listen to that that Thank You album? Maybe even less than that. I just like every hit I've ever heard. Okay, that counts. All right. So now moving on to the Against the Grain. Yeah, Against the Grain, discography. So this is actually a really good question. This is is a great, great question. So I I mentioned The Killers before. Yeah. Uh, I'm going back to the well here. I like Sam's Town, The Killers' second record, more than Hot Fuss, their breakout success. I think overall... It's more consistent. It it has a little bit of a concept album feel. Um, I'm
2: gonna make a, a, a niche joke here and sure. hope that, that someone bites. Sam from Game of Thrones, while he's in Old Town, should release oh. a mixtape called Sam's Town. I like that. As he takes over and like kind of gets gets up in the ranks
0: among the maesters, and he's doing this like. Faux Bruce Springsteen mixed with synthesizers. Yeah. He's whole, deal. he has like a, a Fender Esquire on the album mm-hmm. cover, and Clarence is with him. But he's still wearing his his garb that he was wearing yeah. at the wall that he's been re- wearing for six seasons. And the album that com- just looks really sweaty.
2: And the album title is "No Women or Children Allowed," right? Which is perfect because that's what that that Maester said to that's him in right. the last episode. That Maester seemed like kind of a dick. He did.
0: Uh, so what's what's one for you, Jake? So. um... I'll
2: I'll say that one for me is, uh, for the Beatles, it's Revolver over Sgt. Pepper. So, I don't know. I think there's more debate on this one than, I think you could really say either of these without controversy, but on the Rolling Stone top 500 albums list of all time, Sgt. Pepper was placed at number one. I think Revolver was like third, but I I like Revolver more,
0: so that's an easy one. I'm with you on that.
2: One that applies for both of us, though, is is a a couple Bob Dylan albums, so... Mm -hmm. The much-loved and written-about album, the one that catches all the critical acclaim, is Blood on the Tracks, his his famous breakup album. Uh, but I like the album that came out, was it a little before or after? I can't remember which way it was. It was before. It was, it was the one right before. It was. Desire. Yep. I actually would rather listen to Desire
0: than Blood on the Tracks most of the time. I'm not saying it's better. I would. I'd rather listen to it. I would, too. I really like Desire. That song, Sarah that's at the end of Desire, who is about his wife, who he he would eventually divorce Mm -hmm. and write Blood on the Tracks, is almost like a prelude to Blood on the Tracks. Because he's talking about... It's a a song for her, but it's got this tinge of sadness. Because if you recall, and if any of the listeners know Desire, you know that he had a violinist play throughout Mm -hmm. that album, which gives it some great depth of feeling. And on that song, Sarah specifically, it's got this very somber, sad tone to it. Which, personally, I think that song, Sarah... Is more emotional and heartfelt than anything that ends up on blood on the tracks. Really, yeah, interesting.
2: Um, I also love the song "ISIS" yeah. off of uh,
0: off of um, Desire. I, okay. Hurricane's great, dude. Romance in Durango. I love all those. Black Diamond Bay. Mozambique. Yes. <laughs>
2: Joey is Joey's uh, the
0: the worst. Sights. It's it's he an wanted eleven it. minute song. He wanted it to be an epic like Hurricane was, but it just doesn't hold up. It's too long. Not man.
2: only does it not hold up, Hurricanes like a ten out of ten song. Joey might be like a sneaky six. Yeah, Joey's okay.
0: You can fool yourself if, into saying Joey's a great if song.
2: If you love Bob Dylan and you're in a Bob Dylan phase, you'll it's, dig it's Joey. Good. You'll yeah, like no, Joey. It, right. Even the name, dude. <laughs> there's never been a good thing named
0: Joey. No, there hasn't. Uncle Her- Joey. Right, but, like, a piece of art. Uncle Joey was in uh, Jesse and the Rippers. Well, true Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Oh, I'm thinking of Uncle Joey, the shitty comedian. You're right. I rescind that. I recant that. You're (laughs) right. Nothing good has ever been named Joey.
2: My uncle's dog's name was Joe. He'd occasionally call him Joey. Mm. Um, Do you want to do another one?
0: Yeah, so for me, another good one is Guero by Beck. Mm. I would rather listen to Guero than almost any Beck album, and this kind of goes back to... I listened to it when I was in high school. It was one of the first Beck albums I listened to. It's got songs like Girl, uh, Keon Doguero, Broken Drum... Uh, Earthquake Weather. Yeah, so there's a lot of good songs. I, I would rather listen to it than Odelay. You know what? I I don't know if I go so far as
2: to call it like my favorite Beck album... But I think I can agree with you. So a lot of times, if I really just am in the mood to listen to Beck, it's Guero that pops into mind. I think it's because I got into it around the same yeah, time. Yeah. Like I was kind of young, and a lot of the sounds that are on Guero, I thought were more revolutionary than
0: they really are at the time. Be- because he had strings and stuff. All kinds of. Jack White makes an appearance. Uh,
2: yes. on, uh, yeah. On what's that? That is a cool bass line. It's like Scarecrow. Or something. Um, I don't it, know. Going okay. yeah, yeah, go it alone. Oh, that's the Jack White's on. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, a, here's another good one for you, and this, this one I thought was kind of interesting. So with Vince Staples, I would rather listen to his Hell Can Wait EP than Summertime 06. Um, Summertime 06 came out last year, right? Yes. Um, it was a much acclaimed album, got a lot of love. I tried and tried with that album, and even though I was excited on the heels of Hell Can Wait, which I really enjoyed, the EP from I think the previous year, uh, I, I just could not like fall in love with Summertime 06. I don't know what it was. Um, even though Vince Staples shares a birthday with me, it's a sad day. <laughs> of course, you know that I do. July second, it's coming right up. Both I of us, will Vince, say, if you're listening, he's a big friend of the pod. A huge don't don't, of the don't pod. take this personally, Vince. I just think
0: the energy was more there and on on healthy. And White. it's shorter. It's much shorter. It's shorter. And you know, we don't love those longer albums. Yeah, and I just kind of like the songs better. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I always thought some of those songs in Summertime was 06 were a little annoying, like want to hang, want to slang, want to bang, or whatever it was. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I can give uh, you that.
2: Happy happy, almost birthday, a
0: yeah. um, Couple quick ones for me. We've talked about this a lot before with Radiohead. I like In Rainbows the best, which is, I guess, a bit of a contentious pick, just because you have OK Computer and Kid A in the mix as well. Uh, and then this one's arguable, but I like Devotion by Beach House. Basically the best. Teen Dream is right there with it though, but devotion's not one you normally hear about.
2: Interesting picks. I think the in Rainbows one wouldn't be inflammatory to anyone. No. I can't see anyone being like, oh my God. Right. Uh maybe for the beach house one. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. This, these were these were good questions. I this like is this, mailbag. Yeah. It has it's potential. always open. It's, Mailbag's always open.
0: We don't get a ton of mail. You know, I, I am always open. I, I love opening letters. Yep. Just in we general. have the letter opener. We even have, we don't deal with licking envelopes. What we have is we pour hot wax onto yeah. an envelope, and then we press in the podcast seal yeah. into the wax, and then it, of course, dries. And you'll get, if you if you send us a mailbag, we will send you a response back with the podcast seal this- in the Hot wax.
2: This was a big upfront investment for us. We Hot wax, first of all, is not as cheap as you, you'd think. No. The, it, the good stuff. Right. <laughs> well, of course, we're using the good stuff. We dude. bought the, the finest, like burgundy colored. Yeah. Just nice, deep, red reddish brown. Yeah. Oh, wax. yeah. Yeah,
0: of course. You have, to. You have you, to. There's no other way. But yeah, thank you for the mailbag question. Yeah. Big shout to Ryan, friend um, of the pod. So yeah, if anybody else has questions in the same vein, shoot them our way. Uh, Jake, before we get into the concerts that we went to this weekend and we get your thoughts, I had a couple quick Kanye, uh, Kanye in the news type of things. Oh, okay. So he came out with that new video for Famous. And have you seen the controversy about all the, the naked bodies in the bed with him and Kim?
2: So that is all I've seen. I've seen that there is controversy, which is not
0: news. Right.
2: I've seen that there, the picture of all the naked bodies, And I
0: didn't watch the video because I have almost no interest for some reason. I haven't watched the video either because I also don't have an interest, weirdly. Uh, So Lena Dunham of Girls has come out and said, she's like, I'm offended by this. I'm disgusted by it. I understand what she's saying. She's good friends with Taylor Swift. And Taylor Swift, big friend of the pod, is is presented in this video as one of those naked bodies. Kanye says it's a commentary on fame. I can see that. I haven't seen the whole video, the song's though. called Famous. It's called Famous. Um, Lena Dunham was was coming after Kanye hard. Reaction on the internet seems to be split. Some people are saying, it's Kanye, it's art, it's fine. Other people are saying, this is inappropriate. Why are you doing this?
2: The problem with that, and why I don't even feel like I really need to or want to weigh in on one side, is that on the internet, people hate Kanye and hate Lena Dunham. Lena yeah. Dunham catches a lot yeah. of hate from people it's actually usually from kind of dumb people who are like, "Oh, why do you have to be naked even though you're fat <laughs> on your show?" Right. And she's like, "Because like I want to." Yeah. And 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 she you know cuz she's a feminist and of course if you're a feminist you're going to catch flack from from idiot dickheads on the internet. But Kanye catches an equal amount of hate. I think a lot of it is more deserved, but I think the amount of people who hate Kanye it's also a little bit over the top. So I don't know, man. I mean, I think these are two
0: contentious figures. They are polarizing. For sure. I land right in the middle. Yeah. Because I I don't really care about Kanye's video. I don't think it's like this bold artistic statement. No. And also, look, like Lena Dunham, it's Kanye. Like This is what he wants. This is what you're playing into his hand. Like, I, I just don't care. And that's exemplified by the fact that I haven't even watched the video. I don't care enough.
2: And with Lena Dunham... I'll defend her in almost any case. I really will. But I I remember when I read this, I was like, she's becoming a little bit of a caricature of herself with commenting on every single thing that could be perceived as negative towards women. I I totally appreciate that she is is stepping out and defending, you know, women in, in using her public image to do that. I just thought that, you know, it's a music video. It's nudity. And maybe like it's uncomfortable for Taylor Swift. I can totally get that. Oh, for sure. She said she hasn't watched it though. So I read the letter. I read some of the letter, and she was like, "I haven't watched it. I'm not interested." She's like, "I'm actually down with Kanye in a lot of ways." And what everyone did in the headlines was they pulled out the most inflammatory words, like disgusting, this and that. So the headline is Lena Dunham calls Kanye West disgusting. This, blah blah blah, that. And in reality, the the, the open letter itself was, was significantly more lenient
0: and more just sort of, mi- sure. I thought, middle of the, the road. So here's another interesting thing in that Taylor Swift-Kanye West saga is apparently, and now you kind of have to take this with a grain of salt too, Kim Kardashian came out and said, we have Taylor Swift recorded saying, I'm cool with you saying that lyric in Famous about me, whatever he said. Like... I made that bitch famous.
2: Yeah, but well, says, like, I feel
0: like me
2: and Taylor might yeah. still have sex. Yeah,
0: that one too. Yeah. She came out, and, according to Kim Kardashian, she said that Taylor gave them the okay, and now she's saying she wasn't.
2: And it's such a, a Kim and Kanye this, thing to have. I know,
0: I know. It's, it's such a he said, she said, but, such top of a- but I, I, I want to bring this up about Taylor. Now, I really like Taylor Swift's music. She is so calculated in the media to a T. I can absolutely see this being the thing where she's like, oh, I'm cool with Kanye behind closed doors. I'm going to, like, laugh and joke around and act cool towards them. But then to keep my super polished image intact, when this actually comes out, I'm going to demonize it. Yeah, I mean... She comes across as a little disingenuous to me. As much as I like her, she certainly is. She's
2: a public. She's a. She is her brand. She's a product. Right. She, right. Like, like Taylor Swift, as we know her, is a product. Right. Um, that's a hilarious, very Kim and Kanye paranoid top of the like pile of money <laughs> like yeah. type of thing to have like this record like why were you recording it what were you doing were you, was this a sneaky recording <laughs> did know. you have cameras rolling
0: i don't know <laughs>
2: i i don't understand why do you have that and what, under what context were you like yeah taylor just just really quick just say that again out loud <laughs> for, the, the mic. for the iphone for my for uh, just for my hand <laughs> it's barely obscuring a phone that's really interesting, and I I don't know, man. I with the Taylor thing, I don't have that much sympathy for her. I mean, I don't unless either. it really, really deeply bothers her or something, I think it's part of, it's part of being as famous as she is, and mixed in with the controversy with Kanye West, which I guess you could argue she didn't bring she up didn't on herself. She didn't ask for a run. Yeah. yeah, he kind of. It, I think where Kanye is being a big time asshole in this is that he. Can't just let it lie. No, he's the one who like started this whole thing with Taylor <laughs> right. by jumping up in that stupidly. She, she literally has jump. done
0: nothing to him. It's not she, fair. She actually did nothing at all, and yeah. he
2: just like keeps bringing it up. Yeah, it's actually him who can't let it go.
0: Yeah, it's it's actually um it's it's like Deflate Gate. I'm sick of hearing about it. Yeah, Kanye and Taylor is the Deflate Gate of the pop world. Like yeah, just except, leave it alone.
2: Except longer.
0: Yeah, because Years it do- longer. It
2: seems like they're cool. I I don't know what to make of it.
0: I don't either. And And I don't don't care. I'm tired of it. I don't care. I don't either. The other funny Kanye tidbit. So Ed O'Brien did an interview recently. Ed O'Brien from Radiohead? From Radiohead. And he's like, yeah, I was talking to Kanye, and we were talking about God. And he said, I told him 99% of musical artists from Great Britain are atheists. Don't believe in God. And Kanye goes, no, man, I don't believe that. Like, that's crazy. That's really funny. Was that (laughs) an
2: actual statistic?
0: It's... It's like Ed O'Brien's assuming. He's like, dude, like, honestly, like, almost everyone would say they're an atheist. How, and Kanye can't wrap his mind around it.
2: How many British people... How much did that percentage go down, do you think, after Brexit? How many people <laughs> do you think were like, we need
0: to find, like, now <laughs> no, we're <my> screwed.
2: <laughs> we need something to, like, give us meaning again.
0: <laughs> yeah, you never know. He did specify it was just, like, musical artists, though. It doesn't surprise me but, at all. No, me I mean,
2: either. I know that, that Europe particularly England, is way more
0: secular than yeah. the U.S. Yeah,
2: Not nearly as religious. Right.
0: So Kanye couldn't believe it, though. That's I interesting really to me. Funny. Yeah,
2: I, You'd think that he would be able to rap. I don't know. That's, I know. That's interesting. I know.
0: Uh, but yeah, so want to dive into, want to talk about some of those concerts we went
2: to? Yeah, there? so we went to, over the weekend, uh, a pair of concerts. Um, both good shows. So the first one we went to was on Friday. We saw Joyce Manor. Thursday. And Thursday. My, uh, my B. We saw Joyce Manor and uh, Modern Baseball, and then on Sunday, we saw Pine Grove. And so I want to open by saying that going to a concert on a Sunday night, Sean, not my bag. It, no. I had, so f- for listeners who don't know, which I don't know how many of you don't, I have some sort of Sunday night anxiety. I always get a little bit of the, the Sunday scaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm never, f- it's, it's not that bad, but I'm never like in the mood to do fun, frivolous things on a Sunday. Right. I feel like I have to sort of be a hermit mm-hmm. and not look at the outside world. Um, and, and going to a concert, so it was fun, but I wasn't able to let loose as much as I would have I'm liked. I'm
0: with you. Sunday night concerts just aren't the same because... Thursday night concerts are great. Oh, they're, they're awesome. Um, Sunday night, not so much good. I think it did kind of affect the show a little bit. Also, where we saw Pine Grove was the Middle East upstairs in, in Cambridge, which is cool. Right outside Boston. However, it... It was really small in there. It was packed. Like, it was really hot. People were kept going back and forth to the bar, and we were, like, right in the little bit of space where people could actually move, so they kept bumping into us. It affected my enjoyment of the show. The show itself was great. Pine Grove was great. They were. However, you need to take into account the rest of the things going on at the show. I also liked the opener, Rap Boys.
2: They, They opened for Pine Grove. I enjoyed it. Friend of the Pod, Mitch, wasn't so into it. I thought they put on a good set. Um, and so I re-listened to their album from, I think, last year uh, after the show, the next day while I was at work. But yeah, I agree. It was a uh, uh, one of the most densely packed venues I've ever been to. Yeah. And, and first of all, if you're like a big kind of fat guy at a <laughs> venue that tight, maybe don't make five, six trips to the bar and back uh, like across the whole crowd. When you have to rub up again, I had several genital on ass touches. Oh yeah, yeah. Where like someone was sliding by me, and I was like, "That's all of them <laughs> next <laughs> to me. I can just
0: feel them <laughs>
2: because we we're packed like sardines in a crushed tin box." Yeah, and quick Radiohead reference. Also, for so
0: you. I have to say, at this show, it was it was like the venue cap was like 190 people. There I,
2: had to be triple that.
0: It was sold out. It was a sold out show. I think there was more. Also, the most fat people I've seen at a show ever.
2: And a bunch and of tall, tall people. Pe- a lot of tall people. People taller than me. Yeah. A dude so Sean, for reference, is about six three. Yeah. A guy rolled in, had to be seven <laughs> ten.
0: Stood right in front of Sean. <laughs> no, in reality, he was probably like six six, five. He's like six five, six six. And he stood right in front of me. I go the one guy in here who's taller than me. Unbelievable. So, of all the just luck. other factors that made me not enjoy the show as much. However, Thursday, Joyce Manor, mm-hmm. Modern Baseball, I loved. I will say this. It was the most, quote-unquote, scene-like show yep. we've ever been to. As yeah. in, like, we rolled up. I remember we were outside the venue. It was at House of Blues in Boston, right across from Fenway Park. And it was just filled with, with like, teenagers wearing black and smoking cigarettes.
2: Well, I could barely hear the, 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 the concert over the sound of shipping up to Boston played across the street.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. I could barely okay. hear it. We were right at Fenway. Well, I mean, if you... The Cathedral of Boston, Sean. <laughs> If, if you're outside anywhere around Fenway, shipping up to Boston is contractually obligated to play. It's playing somewhere. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, you'll hear it in whispers sometimes. Right. Um, sometimes you don't, you can't find the source. But what, what do you make of this concert scene, Jake? So... It is the most unique concert we've been to. There was a lot of stage diving, a lot of, like, moshing, a lot of crowd surfing. That's kind of stuff that we're not used to.
2: Yeah, so there was a, a lot of, um, of crowd surfing. And so this was a funny part of the show where... Kids, I'm saying kids because I'm assuming, I think rightfully that a lot of them were younger than us in like the teen demographic to early 20s, a couple years younger, not much, but they were crowd surfing and they get lifted up and basically there were dudes up in the pit who were just paid, like the security guys for the House of Blues were just standing there with their arms ready. (sighs) to catch these kids and send them on their way.
0: (laughs) Just right back into the
2: crowd. Yeah, and the kids would just run around, probably get back in the funnel, (laughs) and jump. And it was funny how much, honestly, the crowd and the the security guys seemed to have worked out a system where they were like, all right, now we're going to pass this
0: person off. How pissed would you be if you were one of those guys? Dude, you are not looking forward to the night's when a band like that is playing. You no. look at your schedule for the week, you're like, okay, cool. I have I have this acoustic show. We got a James Taylor concert in there. Jimmy Buffett's coming in. Buffett's good, okay. Fuck. I'm working on Joyce Manor Modern Baseball night. And at first you don't know. You're like, oh wait, who's this? Who's this Joyce Manor Modern Baseball? Does anyone know what they're like? Your manager's like, it's it's like a, a punk rock show. And you're, you're gonna just be like... catching
2: kids all night. And you're just like, fuck. Literally all night, you're going to be catching human beings in your arms and holding them like babies before sending them on
0: their way back around the pit just to do it again. And then the bartenders are all like, oh, it's an all-ages show, so you're not going to be making as much in tips tonight either. All the workers hate, absolutely hate shows like that.
2: They do. That being said, the show itself was awesome. It so was. with
0: Joyce Manor and Modern Baseball, I was singing along to pretty much every single song. Yeah, I was too. I have to say, Joyce Manor was way more popular than I thought. Like, I knew people would know their stuff. But kids lost their mind when they went on stage and were singing and, and were playing.
2: They did, and I think that actually brings me to an interesting point about the scene that I hadn't—you hadn't triggered it until just then—where I've noticed that people who are all about that emo pop punk scene, who like that's sort of what they are defining their image by, um, they're very inclusive of all these bands yeah I feel like if you are a scenester in this in that likes these bands and that's pretty much like your music that's the thing you like and you're like a teenager maybe 17 18 you love like all the bands I saw Somo shirts I saw sorority yeah. noise shirts I saw modern baseball shirts obviously Joyce Manor shirts obviously but all kinds all the bands you hear about I saw them represented on someone's clothing somewhere.
0: Well, it's interesting because that reflects what the actual bands in that scene are all about, too. Because they're very inclusive and friends with a lot of the bands in that scene as well. You know, Cam's good friends with people from Modern Baseball, vice versa. They all kind of support each other and promote each other. And I think that bleeds into the the scene itself.
2: It's more than any rock scene I've ever heard of is very sort of, I think, supportive of fans and people in general. For example, Modern Baseball has this hotline you can call if you feel uncomfortable at any point during a show, and you can call it and someone will come sort of remedy the situation. They also had a guy who was hopping up on stage about every few songs, throwing water bottles into the crowd. That's right. To to hydrate the crowd. Yeah, so they were taking care of you. The crowd was then wasting the water by throwing it all over the place. Right, Right,
0: right. I want to juxtapose this with the shows we usually go to, which is like the typical boring white indie rock shows yeah. where it's just like it's people who who, who look like us right. who sit there with their arms folded and just bob their head they and bob don't.
2: or sway a little
0: yeah that's the extent of the excitement you're gonna get yeah. and it was refreshing to go to a show like this and to see the reaction um, of all these kids and how excited they are and how much fun they were having because a lot of times you go to shows and you're like are these people even having fun? Yeah, I agree. And I was having a lot of fun. I caught myself air drumming. Yeah. I, was, I was
2: air guitaring. Yeah. I was singing along. And it felt like an environment where I could do that comfortably. Absolutely, um, yeah. Yep. So, so they're doing something right with, with that, they are. that whole uh, they are. you know, uh, openness yep. sort of thing. Absolutely. And, and that, on top of all that, the bands were great. They sounded they, awesome. Oh,
0: they were so good. They Both so Modern
2: good. Baseball and Joyce Manor put on really, really good shows. I... Uh, Highly recommend anyone listening if they're coming to a town near you. You should you should go
0: check that Absolutely. out. Absolutely for sure. Absolutely.
2: Were there other things about uh, these shows? We th- we covered the Illuminati, <laughs> we covered the Dropkick Murphys, we covered the Cathedral of Boston.
0: I think I think we hit on all the big ones. Should we should we mention Yawkey Way? F- fucking Yawkey guy. Yawkey Way, lands down Street. Yawkey, Caskin <laughs> Uh Yeah, but anyways, that was our experience over the weekend. Like we said at the top of the show, this will be our last in the basement, Jake. Unbelievable. Any final words in the basement? I don't know what to say.
2: I you know what? Then you you put me on the spot. Usually I have plenty to say. I don't know. How do you wrap it up? It's been a great 30 weeks. I know. And uh, you know, just heavy hearts. Heavy hearts. Just just you know, a lot it's very somber in here tonight. It is. It's just there's a it's a gray day outside. I don't know.
0: It's gray I, outside, it's gray in our hearts. It is. I actually think that this is gonna be awesome.
2: I, I do in too. truth think that the new i think we're gonna get to do some cool stuff living in this house together um uh i think it's gonna be conducive to having some some new fun ideas for podcasts and like look we can record sort of more whenever we want now now we have had like a weekly schedule where we kind of just plan one a week it's really works out the best to do that but if we're living in the same house you know maybe a couple we, shorter ones yeah you an know. ep comes out we like maybe it's like hey do 15-20 minutes yeah. on on this or that yeah. so uh I'm really excited. Me too. But, but a lot of lot of good memories
0: in the in the For basement. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So Billy Joe's gonna take us out again. We will see you next week in the new house. Thanks everyone. Fun.
1: Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. I'll take the photographs and still friends in your mind Hanging on a shelf in good health and good time Tattoos and memories and dead skin on trial For what it's worth, it was worth all the while It's something unpredictable but in So the, the under-
2: mic
0: is on um, I hope you So I want to recant my life. gum take Really? That cinnamon this is big. Is, this is big of you that to s- admit your. Cinnamon is second. Sean, I just want to say that it's big of you to admit you're fully wrong. Oh no, no, you misunderstood. Cinnamon's no longer second. It's no, it's it's lower now. It's not first. It's also not second. I realize that cinnamon gum gives me heartburn. Really? Which is weird because I don't ever get heartburn.
2: Are you sure it's the cinnamon gum? I think so. It wasn't like the, the hot sauce you, you <laughs> chugged.
0: I also don't chug hot sauce.
2: Hmm, weird, that's not... It's, it's the cinnamon
0: gum. It's not what so everyone's been saying. Everyone's been saying that you're a hot sauce chugger. <laughs> oh, yeah? That's It's just word on the street. Well, that's incorrect. Um, so it's lower. It's below that Trident orange-flavored gum now.
2: Do you think the listeners can hear you from over there? I'm looking at the little sound spikes, and I can't tell if... Maybe not. I did a whole episode from
0: there one time.
2: Yeah. I don't know, one time a friend of the pod, Kerry, said that he couldn't hear you oh, Maybe I wonder if it was, was that episode Maybe it was You're like across the room on a cot <laughs> just taking Talk, a... Talking at a normal volume Yeah, so, it, and it's like It's like me, if I were over here And you're just talking normally You're just like, yeah, so Jake, I really think that <laughs> I really think that this new Carsey headrest record is good
0: um, Well, we won't have to worry about that anymore I mean, you can lay down if you want. I wasn't trying to be a, a dick. No, I, sh- I shouldn't lay down. That's okay. okay. That's right. okay. I'm just really lazy. Well, at least you, uh, you
2: know, admitting you were you were wrong is the first step. Just like your gum take. About the gum thing? Yeah. You yeah. admitted you were wrong. You've actually admitted you were wrong twice on this episode so far. Yeah.
0: Post-episode. You're right. You're right. Um, you want to dive in? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> <The rest laughs> what? Because <of it. laughs> I know what's coming. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh wait,
2: I get in the mood.
0: Yeah, yeah, you do.
2: You do. Gotta center myself because otherwise I won't be
1: properly somber. Three, two, one.